I clearly have mixed feelings about this whole thing. Paul, I, I, I hate to say this, but I agree with you. So I don't mean to, to come across as a curmudgeon for all of mankind. Too late. And, and to, Too late. Uh, Hip chat and Slack are kind of like, it treats you like a genie in a bottle. I don't want to come to the bottle right now. If it's 90% done and you don't publish it, it's actually 0% done. It's 0% done. done, yeah. Hi, I'm Paul Berger, founder of CircleCI. I'm Edith Harva, CEO and co-founder at LaunchDarkly. And you're listening to To Be Continuous, a podcast about continuous delivery and software development. You can get in touch with us anytime at our Twitter handle, at ContinuousCast. The show is brought to you by Heavybit. To learn more, visit heavybit.com. And while you're there, check out their library, home to great educational talks from other developer company founders and industry leaders. In today's To Be Continuous, we're talking about the clash in open source between developers looking to get paid and software companies looking for things for free. So, Paul, what do you like about open source? So I guess that depends on, on whether we're, we're talking about writing open source or using open source as, as, as part of a company. Writing open source, I like just you know, having all my code out there. And I'll, I'll, I'll do that you know, as often as possible. Any, anytime I, I start you know, a, little, a little bit of code, a little library, uh, I'm looking to open source it and have a readme and, and, and have it out there for, for other people to use. I had a very long uh, discussion, which I eventually won at the... Um, the, I, I like the way you think of all discussions as won or lost. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, it was it was a um, it was more in the argumentative side of, of discussion, <laughs> but with the the other co-authors of of the PHP compiler I wrote, which was originally GPL, and I argued very strongly that I actually don't care if people give back. I just want people using my software. So to me, open source is a way of having people using my software. So that 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 that's really interesting. So. I liked what you said at about the getting about like you liked open source because it meant getting stuff out sooner. Because mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of that. Like I always say, like you should just publish stuff. Right, right. Like uh, my my co-founder John said something really good at our team meeting last week. He's like, if it's ninety percent done and you don't publish it, it's actually zero percent. It's zero percent done. done. Yeah. Yeah, and so, that's like a hard lesson because I mean, you know because you you know you always strive for perfection, but like, right, right, right. If you don't show it to anybody. Well, I, I think there's there's also some some really hard downsides about that. So when you when you publish something before it's ready, um, before you've well, really, ready. Oh, so, so ready, ready. But let, let, let's say ready is. Um, let's say you publish it before you clarify what the software is to do, or you know the values or the mission of the software, and then you get contributors who are saying, "Oh, this is great, but I really wanted to do this other thing," and you're like. Oh, that's, that's not exactly well, what I was going for here. I'd say most open source projects are so lucky as to get contributors at all. True, true, true. So I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example. I, I wrote the V8 bindings for uh, for Clojure. So a, a, a binding that, that allows you to write JavaScript and, and run it in Clojure. And I did that for a purely selfish thing for you know, another uh, for, for an asset pipeline that I was building called Stefan. And then people came along and they wanted to do other things with it. They're like, okay, you know, let's let's add a binding for for this other thing. It's like well, that, that's kind of like a pivot. It is, it is. But you know, I really wasn't that interested in it. I'd rather someone took it over, like took over the project and actually ran with it in where they want to go. And I can stick on the old version or I can see if the new version solves it for me. But I'm not. I wasn't interested in becoming a maintainer in this thing. I was interested in solving my itch, and I just happened to open source it because I feel it felt it might be useful for other people. I, I, and it was. So, so Paul, I, I I hate to say this, but I agree with you. No, not again. Not again. Okay. No, I mean, I I, I think what you said is exactly right. That you said I did this for this reason, and I want somebody else to take it over now. I think we're open source. Runs into issues where people are like, 
it's only this purpose and you can't do anything with it besides my original thing. So you think that's a that's a good thing or or you think that's a problem? Mm. Or it causes problems in the community. I think open source is so misused for so many different purposes that it's hard to even say like so in Europe people say open source is good because it means free software. Libre or gratuit? I'm sorry. <laughs> free as in beer or free as in What's the other side of that? There's no such thing as a free lunch. Is that what you're talking about? No, no, no. Like people say open source software. It's, it's like free as in beer software, as in like software that is that that has no cost versus software that or that has no price tag versus software that that is. They use the French word libre for. Oh yeah, that's that's what I was talking about. Like so, I remember I went to Europe in I think it was like 2004, 2005, and they just had this big push towards open source because they thought it meant free. Oh, this is like the the German government and that, and that sort of thing. Yeah, right? so literally, well, like, I mean, so literally, like, so I went to this customer and they're like, "It doesn't cost you any more to give us an extra copy, so why shouldn't just everything be free?" Oh, right, yeah, well, and so I think open source has been uh, misused by many businesses who think of it as just like, "Hey, we get all these developers working for free." So. I think that the main advantage to a business of open source is not is not that it's free, but it's it's that it's low risk. Low risk. L- lower risk. So ah, it, it, it removes. I argue. Well, so what right. I mean is is that it removes a certain element of risk from it. So there's Joel Spilsky wrote a, a blog post about how you shouldn't use. I think it was a database that you didn't have the source code to. Well, so I'll argue the reverse, and I think open source is sometimes more risky because I talk to people now who are like nobody's maintaining this open source project that I depend on. Right, right, right. And but I, th- that I, I, versus a closed source version. Well, well, so the opposite risk is that you end up that you are responsible for this open source project and you're right. like, well, actually I just wanted to use this thing. I didn't so want to be the maintainer. Absolutely. You don't want to end up like the only person that 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 well, I mean, it's actually fine to end up the only person which is using which is using this this thing. It's, well, no, that's not, it's there. not it's, ideal. it's that many people are using it but nobody is paying money and then you're you're stuck because no one is maintaining it. No one is maintaining it, and you depend on it. Right. So, but imagine that no one maintained it and all that you could get was like a binary blob. That that's that's the real problem. The company goes out of business. Yep. You know, you 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 have random database version seven, the binary that only runs on thirty two bit. That you're maintaining. Like you, co- companies are literally maintaining COBOL data, uh, COBOL, Fortran, Fortran, yeah, yeah, things from from thirty years ago. It sits in a machine. You can't touch it. You can't fix it. You can't apply security updates to it. Yeah, that that's fair. So, um, Tim Chow, who was he's an awesome guy. He was early at Oracle. He said that people don't buy when they buy software; they're not buying it what it is today, right? Because basically, anything that you're buying today, you could just hire twenty engineers; they can build yeah. it. Yeah, what you, they're buying, you can just copy it. Yeah, what they're buying is the promise of stability. Yeah, that it will continue to be maintained. Right. Yeah, that there is a vision, and that's actually. Um, I went over to 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 a big customer who who won't let us use their name yet, but they said they love launch darkly because we thought every day about feature flags. Right. Right. Exactly. I mean, the, 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 this is why people buy SaaS because yeah. because people think all day about CI, about QA as a service, about queues, you know, or, or, or whatever it is from from various heavy bit companies that I just shilled for there. <laughs> that, that you, you can probably figure out yourself which ones they are by looking at the homepage. Well, I, I, and and Paul, by the way, thank you very much for wearing your Lunch Darkly T-shirt today. So um, it looks very handsome. The I definitely I definitely agree that. 
the benefit of, of the thing is, is that you use it every day. But you can do that with open source as well. You can have open source software that, like, so for example, our, our front end is open sourced. Oh, I'm absolutely a fan of open source. Right. Like, we use open source every day. Our, our client libraries are open source. Right. I'm not saying that it's, I don't think it's a religious thing versus open source versus not. I just think that many times people assume open source is something that's not. Mm. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I mean that if you have open source, that it just means that developers bring out of the ground willing and happy to update your software every day. A mixed blessing, definitely. Yeah, like if I, it even happens. Like I remember, so I remember when Sun. So I used to work on a. I, I used to be at Epicentric, and we had a portal server, and we were killing Sun, absolutely killing Sun. And this was in 2003. So what they said is, oh, we're going to make our portal server open source. Mm-hmm. Right. And so Sun had this whole thing where like everything will be open source, and like developers will spring into the ground. It's like, well, no, developers do not wake up every day like I'm going to work on your thing. Right. Right. They they will if it's if it's sexy or exciting. There's lots of developers who who are showing up at Mozilla to you know just just to contribute. And in fact, they they fought through incredibly large hurdles. To contribute to to Mozilla software. Well, that that's fascinating because I, I see so often the reverse. Where people, right, right. So what what do you think about Mozilla made people want to contribute? Well, I think I think the fact that it was an, an open source first company and that it was a non profit and it was all about the, the free and the open web and that sort of thing. Also, people had had very good experiences with Firefox for like you know, a decade at this point. By the time I was there, well, maybe seven years, but yeah. It's fascinating because I went to a dinner last night with the CEO of MySQL. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I should say this, but he said this is Martin Mikos. Yep. Yeah. So he gave a talk. He has a new startup uh, called Hacker One. Oh, he joined Hacker One. Yeah, he's the new CEO. Right, right, right. So the dinner was kind of like a debutante ball for him. <laughs> nice, nice. So what he said was that um, somebody asked him flat out how much of my sequel was actually from contributors. Mm-hmm. He said one percent. Seems about right. He said the open source was more just like a branding thing. Right. So you, like, like it wasn't actually like a productivity thing; it was more just a branding thing. So you have this in Mozilla as well. That any time that there was a really you know, avid contributor, that, that Mozilla would hire them. Yeah, that's Mo- what he says. Mo- right, and if Mozilla didn't hire them, very often they stopped being a contributor. Like it was, it was a real sort of a double-edged sword. Oh, um, yeah. So, they, so they, someone would do it for six months. They were doing it. They were doing it for the love of the game. They they, they weren't doing it to be hired at. Or at least I think for the most part they weren't doing it to be hired at, at Mozilla. And then you know six months in, someone's like, "Well, you know, you're doing a really great job. Wouldn't you love to work on this full time?" They're like, "Yeah, that's so exciting. They're flown out for an interview." And then it's like, "Yeah, actually, I don't think so." Wait, they didn't want to work for Mozilla. Or Mozilla didn't. Want Mo- to hire Mozilla them. didn't want to hire them. I mean, th- th- this isn't a particular case, but you know, some subset of people Mozilla didn't want to hire. And uh, then what, what what happens? Well. You kind of don't want to keep contributing to the company that just told you to fuck off. Yeah, I mean it's so true. I mean, um, I think there's a very human thing about volunteering. Right, right. I volunteer. Uh, I was the moderator for a long time for the lead startup circle, mm-hmm. and uh, somebody new came on, and they're like, "Yeah, I'd love to raise some money so that we can get paid." And like, they cannot afford to pay me. Right, right. Like, I don't do this to get paid because yeah. It's it's a it's like, yeah, it's an altruism that, yeah, that other was, people are trying to do. Yeah, I was so, contributing like ten to fifteen hours a week, and I'm like right. my coin rate. Right. Oh, not, absolutely. Yeah, I'm so, like I'm not doing this to get paid. I'm doing it because I like giving back. So, so there's this thing that we were talking about earlier about about the current discussion around people getting paid in open source. Yeah, and I, and I think a lot of what has fueled open source is the whole twenty percent time. 
like that Google will give their engineers 20% for open source and I know that other big companies like Twitter right. and so on do that too. Uh, yeah, so, so there, these people are in essence getting paid. Right, right. There, there, there's a there's a in most companies and most startups at least there's an unspoken rule that that you're expected to contribute to the libraries that are in your application and that sort of thing. If you're if you're spending time upstreaming a patch that 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 you've deployed, that's that's work. Yep. So I think we're agreeing, which I thought we agreed that we were not going to agree. No. Uh, it's funny because I'm Twitter friends with a guy I've never met who's um he he started Django. And right now, what he tweets a lot about is this is uh, Jacob Kaplan Moss. Yeah. Okay. That people are working their nights and weekends and contributing to open source, and then just people are kind of, uh, for lack of a better word, jerks. Like people are like people like, are jerks. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, so, so even even when you're paid, people are jerks. But but it's more aggravating. Right, right, because you're doing it for for free or whatever. Yeah, right. for, for, yeah, and so people like you know they like I have this pull request and it's been open for two hours. Why haven't you reviewed it? Right, right. I mean, we we get the exact same thing. We get we 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 get customers who email us and or more more often it's it's the people who get who are using the free version who send us a support request and then thirty minutes later they're on Twitter going I can't believe Circle hasn't solved my problem yet. It's been thirty minutes. What what do you think drives that? There, there, there's a pattern across the across just the population in general that people are dicks. <laughs> like humankind is so, not really so, the the greatest people in. in well, in, so so Paul, I I I think people are the kindest people on the planet. There, there, there are lots of people out there, and many, many of them are dicks. No, I. I and if you have a bell curve of of the people, the. You know, all of the people who are in the dick category are on the internet, and they are the ones who are going to Twitter to tell you what an awful person you are for not having responded to their thing in two hours or I, half an hour, whatever, whatever it is. But on the other hand, I'd say, like, I mean, so I, I, I think most people are honestly very helpful. Um, so I don't mean to to come across as a curmudgeon for all of mankind, Too late. And, and to it's more of a statistical argument. The there are a lot of people out there who are. You know who 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 get off on the idea of you know Twitter outrage or whatever. Well, that goes back to the whole um, uh, the founder of Linux, where he's like, "I'm a I'm a jerk because I have to be a jerk." Right. So there the, 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 there is, I, I think one of the the major problems that 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 afflicts our industry is people who believe that the open source development model is the right way for people to develop software. I I, I think it's also something a little bit larger, which is that. Um, People see people who are jerks, yes, jerks yeah. who are successful. Right. So pe- pe- no, 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 people no, 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 people they, look at a at a successful open source project and they think that this is a thing to be emulated. And so, for example, Linus Torvalds yeah. is just an unmitigated asshole. Yeah, and I've I've never met the guy, so I'm I'm basing this on the internet, but like I don't think he would disagree with me. Well, I, it's it's funny because my mom was recognized at the same banquet as him because they both contribute a lot to IEEE, and I was okay. kind of like, oh, that's kind of a mixed blessing, mom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean, so so other people look at him being an asshole, and they say, "Well, you know, I want to be an asshole." Well, yeah, well, no, I've seen this. Uh, you you confuse correlation versus causation, right? You're like, is he successful because he's an asshole, or is he an asshole because he's successful? There's also a lot of people who contribute to, to open source are, are younger, yeah. um, don't have you know life responsibilities just yet, so they have lots of time to to give. And I think that that there's a tendency, and I recognize this in my younger self as well, to be an asshole on the internet when. You know, you just kind of haven't learned to treat people well. Uh, dude, that's 
an affliction of, of people in their teens and early to mid twenties. Well, but Paul, you're always spectacularly polite. Right, but you're you're meeting Paul of thirty four, not not Paul of twenty four. Well, I knew you when you were thirty three. Yeah, but Paul of twenty four, I think, would would have written like long rants about how right he was, um, and how that was really important that that I was right and that everyone recognized that I'd be right. Well, let's loop back to the beginning where you said like you'd won an argument. I don't ever think you really win an argument. Like all you really do is true, true. Yeah, I I, I actually agree with that. I'm, I'm kind of being a little bit facetious on this. I, for, for the sake of, of dramatic storytelling. <laughs> no, I, I think it is true. I mean, I was, I was a. I look at back at how I was when I was twenty-two, and um, I was a bomb thrower. I don't know if I would have liked myself. Right. So, so this is the problem that, that that a lot. I mean, this is one of the many problems. A lot of the people they they see a good example in in Linus, who clearly never grew out of his twenty-two-year-old self, and they they are themselves, you know, twenty-two and and full of of. What's the word? Full of spit. Vim and, vim and vinegar. Yeah, there, there we go. Spit and vinegar. One, one of those things. Um, and you know, they, they have a chip on their shoulder, and and they're, you know, they, they, they look around at all the software, and they're like, "This software is shit. I'm going to write my own software." <laughs> hey, Wait, Paul, Paul, I thought I thought that Iris said it's shite. Sometimes, sometimes. The the person that I'm imagining in this story isn't Irish, so I'm I'm putting their words in in, in the words that they would use. So. You make a pull request, and you know two hours later, nobody's responded. No, w- what are they doing? What are they doing? What, how, how dare they? It's three a.m. Are they not up working on this software? Oh my god! This was me when I was so I was moderating this email list, and it was a it was a global list. We put this policy on that if you were a first time contributor, you had to be moderated. Mm-hmm. And people would send me the angriest emails about being moderated. And they're like, "How come you haven't responded?" I'm like, "Dude, like I'm in San Francisco." I, was a I, I just go straight to archive, or sometimes mark as spam. Well, like I, 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 I feel that that there, people feel that you have a responsibility well, that, to them because I mean. you're so, a person on the internet. Yeah, and I'm perfectly happy with the idea. So sometimes I'll I'll email someone someone famous or or whatever, you know, someone who gets a lot of email. I'm not expecting a reply. Oh no. I mean, I hope that they will reply. I try I try to write things in in the nicest possible way so that I will get a reply. But like people are busy. Oh, I was so shocked. So Dave McClure is one of our investors, right? And he literally has this autoresponder like, "I'm under a large rock. I never read any emails." Right. There, there, there we go. Right. He's he's a guy who's doing shit. He doesn't have time to respond. But so I was shocked. So I, I sent out our monthly investor update. Right. And he responded. I was just like, "Oh." I'm sure he filters it into the actual important shit versus the you know th- things people send me on the internet. Well, no, he 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 responded and like uh, so our engineer just had a baby and he wrote back. He's like, "Congrats on your baby and your month over month revenue clear." Oh. And I was just like, "Oh my god, Dave reads our emails." Nice. When I was getting Dave to to invest, I literally had to text him. And I texted him again and then I called him. <laughs> And then you showed up at his and door it, with flowers. No, it was it was like six p.m. It was six p.m. on a Sunday. It was like a, it was a very unreasonable time to call someone, but I, I had saved fifty k space for him, and I was determined that that this was going to happen, and and it did in the end. Well, it was funny because I just sent him a restore update kind of as a courtesy because I assume right. he's not going to read it, but he like he read it. Right. He said congrats to our engineer who had a baby, and he's like, great job, love your month over month growth. I was like, <gasps> so. People are busy on the internet, and people assume that they have a right to their time. That's so true. I mean, that's kind of my pushback against stuff like HipChat and Slack. Mm-hmm. And I think there's already starting to be a little bit of a backlash. 
Uh, so I don't know what you're talking about. Also, people are like it's great. I could chat anybody anytime on Slack or HipChat, mm-hmm. and they'll respond. It's like, well, great. You're responding instantly, and you're not doing something else. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think people should turn their notifications off. The, the, the this idea of of an instant reply is a terrible, terrible idea. Wait, why do you think it's terrible? It's just to say, like coding is an activity that requires concentration, and the sort of ADD set of Ways that you're supposed to be multitasking and that sort of thing—it just doesn't gel very well with writing software. Well, like okay. I, I, I put my—if I'm trying to actually write software, I put my phone in airplane mode. I turn off notifications and then I write some software. I think HipChat and Slack are kind of like—it treats you like a genie in a bottle. Like somebody asks you, and all of a sudden, like you're supposed to like poof out and answer yeah, the question. Yeah. It's like, well, actually, like I don't want to come to the bottle right now. Yeah. Like I have stuff I, I'm doing. Right. I, I, I will go back every couple of hours. I'll check my email. I'll check Slack. Take my phone out of airplane mode, and then I'll deal with the you know, the list of people I want to talk to. This gets a little bit tricky when there's something that you have to keep on top of, and you only want to be notified for this, and there isn't really enough control around this sort of thing. But you know, I think that's one of the one of the problems of our age that will eventually get solved. Oh, I think it's just going to keep getting worse and worse. Exactly, it'll keep getting worse and worse, and then eventually people will freak out and they'll fix it. Well, I mean, like I know Google Glass tanked and Apple Watches in the ditch, but like at some point we're all going to have like implantables in our eyeballs that just flash text messages right, right, all day. Right. There was um there was a talk at uh, I think Dice in 2010. Someone someone gave a talk about how they're going to gamify everything. Oh god! And it's like you know, if you want to watch this TV show, you know, you should be drinking a can of Coke and you know, show it to the camera or whatever, and then you can you can you know, watch the watch the show. But the the suggestion was that 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 this will actually be good for society. What that you'll start to get things like you know, you, your kid got a report card, you get you get some some points, right? And then your points become redeemable um, for Coke, for no, for for for, for whatever, <laughs> and, and then eventually your your everything just come back to Coke. Well, then, then your points become redeemable for like a tax credit or something like that. Everything kind of ties together, and you know, there, be, there becomes just points everywhere, and then you know, it incentivizes good behavior. Probably bad behavior too, but. And the good behavior is that you take a picture wearing a coat. Presumably, good behavior is that you yell at someone on the internet for not responding to your pull request in two hours. Yeah, I think so. So to, to, to circle back from a long detour, I think the. Open source is used for so many different things, including that there's this always-on population of developers mm-hmm. who are dying to work on your product. Right. You, you were talking before about, about the, the kind of backlash about people not getting paid. Well, I think there's two separate backlashes. Okay. One is for businesses who thought that they would get software for free. Right. F- fuck them. They, they should have known better. And the second is from developers who are like, well, why am I working for free? So I, I, I and, and I think there's so much good in open source, but I think both populations are right when they're like, okay, I. So I, I have you know in, in my big long list of business plans, one of them is is proper open source funding. So the problem, as I perceive it, is that there isn't really a funding model for open source. Yeah. But there's a very obvious funding model for open source, which is to ask all the companies that rely on it for money. Like have actual salespeople rock up to the door of, of Heroku and say, give us a hundred thousand dollars a month. And then recurring revenue, I think that's that's the kind of key thing. People people get like little shitty donations here and there and well, they the put Wikipedia the name. model. Right, right. So I think it's like, you know, get I don't know one percent of revenue from from companies that that do open source or that, that that use open source heavily. Apply it directly to the things that that affect their business or are the riskiest. And I think you know these, this open SSL thing is kind of a key example. But you know if your company is on Python, then then you know 
send it to send it to Django or whatever. You know, say yeah, I, that's, I want that's I want this money that I'm giving funded into this this niche or this niche or this niche or, or, or whatever the things that you use. Perhaps it could even you know automatically look at your gem file or, or requirements.txt or whatever and know what you actually use and, and, and all that. So that's that's kind of one side of it that, that that people should be asking the people with money for money and and not just complain on the internet about it. And then the second thing that I'll say, and I'm going to launch straight into that rather than discuss the first, because <laughs> I'm stewing over so many comments. Right, exactly. the The second thing is that that if you're paid for it, it's a job. Yep. Right, and which is not a bad thing. Well, it is and it isn't. So if you already have a job and you hobbyist this stuff on on your spare time. Then you're not going to want the second job of actually like you think people complain when you're you, know, you wait two hours for a pull request. What happens when when they gave you know their ten dollar monthly donation or their hundred dollar monthly donation and now they feel entitled to your time because you're taking money well, out well, the that, other that, end that, of that? That goes back to when I was volunteer and I'm like I don't want to get paid. Right, right, exactly. Like, uh, you, 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 right, like if you're paying because if you pay me ten dollars an hour, yeah. That's right, exactly. So I mean, even even if you got like you know a proper hourly rate, let's say a develop, good developer hourly rate or hundred, hundred and fifty, hundred to hundred and fifty, right, exactly. And if you're getting paid hundred to hundred and fifty, then you're suddenly actually culpable for doing a good job. And this is your nights and weekends. Yeah. You know, you can't just blow off your you know the coding that you're planning to do to spend time with your family, which is you, important. I'd right. say family is far more exactly. important than coding. Coding is is fun, and once you get paid, coding is. A responsibility as well as fun, but like a job is never as fun as the thing that you're doing in your spare time. So I, I think I'm not saying that people shouldn't get paid for this. I'm not saying that that you know developers shouldn't be able to quit their day jobs and, and focus on on Django or whatever in the in their full time in their full time. But I'm saying that I don't think people are going to find it that much fun. Well, it, and then it gets back to what does really open source mean, right? And I think the word open source has been overloaded. Go on. Uh, open source has been overloaded to mean free software. Mm-hmm. Open source has been overloaded to mean I contribute when I want to. Open source has been overloaded to mean like anybody can use it anytime. Right. I mean, it's it's actually none of these things. Yeah. Right? And and also all of these things. That, and that's what I mean by right. The, and I use the yep. word overloaded very deliberately because yep. it's an old C plus plus word about right. You overuse a word. Yeah. I mean, so so. I mean, I I I completely agree. There's there's you're you're always going to have a clash. Where people with different values and different missions are are interacting in the same space. Yeah. And if one person's the value that they have in open source is, is that they get a you know free web server, and another person's thing is is that they're or looking co- to contribute in their spare time, or and, they're looking for a job, or they're looking for a job. Uh, I mean, the, 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 there's so many things that people look for in open source. Or or like here's this project that nobody's buying, so I'm just going to open source it. Right. Right. That, which is what. Yeah, Jut just did. Right. They're like nobody's buying our software, so we'll open source it. And as in, like it'll solve all our woes, or just like we're we're giving up and shutting down, and and you may as well have it. Ambiguous. Okay. When people try to solve problems, they they imagine that that everyone knows what the problem is, and in fact, generally, people don't share the same problem. Well, this this goes back to what you said at the beginning about how you'd updated. Uh, you said some was it closure. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you try to solve this particular problem, and everybody's like, "Well, we want to use this for this other thing." Right. The, 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 this larger thing, you know, this is the 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 next step in it, or or whatever. And I didn't feel confident in reviewing the code, and so like, I don't, I don't really know. Like, is this a priority? I kind of doing other stuff at the moment. <laughs> as you should. Right. Although, I mean, it's still flagged in my inbox as a thing to do someday. So I, you know, 
I clearly have mixed feelings about this whole thing. So I talked before about the the problem solution implementation framework that that, that I use for for getting uh, for getting people on the same page, and you know the pull request that comes in is always the implementation. Yeah. Or the you know the 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 people who say uh, you know open source should should do this or should do this or yep. should be this. You know, yep. It's always an implementation, right? Right. I want to I want money in, in in open source, right? And and I think that there isn't necessarily a problem or a goal that everyone is agreed on. Because there isn't a single set of values for what open source is or should be. I think that's the very definition of open source, though. I mean, open source is basically that anybody can contribute anytime. Right, right, right. I think that's what's so fun and dangerous and risky. Mm-hmm. Like anytime you're depending on the work of everybody to get something done. Right. I mean, it's, it's that open SSL issue, yeah. right? Is, is a really good example of it. The um, do you want to talk more about that? Yeah. So um, there was a couple of giant vulnerabilities in open SSL. I think Heartbleed was the you know, best publicized one. And that was a very good branding, by the way. It, it was, and and this was this because if you just said like open SSL like three dot seven vulnerability, nobody right. would have cared. Exactly. Um, so it was it was a big problem, and like, it had it had slick marketing behind it. There was a logo. Yep. Um, people were very angry about the fact that there was a logo before they knew about it, and and, and so why, on. Why were they angry? Because people are angry on the internet. Oh, is that the way it is, Paul? I think that's how it works. Gosh. Yeah. Th- this is why you should never go on Twitter. You still haven't followed me. Oh, I thought if yeah, yeah. I will fix that. So after Heartbleed, people realized that OpenSSL was basically not maintained. Yep. And so they, you know, there was one guy working on it in his spare time. He wasn't even paid for it. Um, and, and that's the that's the thing. And everybody's like, well, why did this guy work harder and prevent it? It's like, well, he wasn't paid. Right. Right. It wasn't and, his job. And and the, there was even. There was an article about him in Wired, and, and they asked him, you know, why why aren't you getting paid? And he's like, well, you know, I, I like the code, and I don't really like the the fundraising aspect of this, which goes back to, to what I was saying earlier that, that, that there should be, you know, this this nonprofit that that raises tens, hundreds of millions of dollars in developers, and developers for everyone. And so there was this problem in that for everyone that that OpenSSL was just like fucked, uh, and everyone it's, used OpenSSL. It's so the tragedy of the comments. It is a tragedy to come. Yeah, like like it's so. I, very very. I mean, all, all of open source almost is, is tragedy to come. It's it's a, like so. This poor guy who's like getting paid no money, and everybody's yelling at him. He's like, well, I don't get paid. I was just right, right. doing this because I like kind of working on software in my free time. I mean, the tragedy of commons is like um, it's a classic econ example of um, if you have a piece of land mm-hmm. and anybody can graze their cattle on it. Sure, sure. Nobody has an incentive to not put their cattle there. Right. And on and the converse is nobody has an incentive to maintain that ground because um, they don't own so, it because they don't yes. get any return. Agreed. Uh, um, so so like it's like so there's this common piece of land. Mm-hmm. If you put effort into like hey let's put some fertilizer out, what happens? Everybody comes in and brings their cows there. I I'm not sure that that the tragedy commons is a great analogy for for software. No, I because think for open I think if you put perfect analogy. No, I think I think it's the opposite because if you put fertilizer down, everyone. Gets advantage of that fertilizer, like it's it's but, but, free but, to, for it to no, propagate. No, but you paid the money for the fertilizer and you put it down, and then everybody right. Cows. But you get to use your fertilizer. Everyone gets to use your fertilizer, and if someone else also puts money down, you, you'll you'll get to use mm. all of their fertilizer. No, no, no. Let me rephrase. I I, I do understand the the, the concept of tragedy to comes no, and no, how no, it applies. No, no, no. It was more like so you want your cattle to come graze there. So if you put like seed down to get more grass to grow, which is basically what developers are doing. Right. 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 You don't get really any return back because everybody just comes and takes your grass. But you do. 
Because the, the grass is software, and software can be reproduced for nothing. You, if if you have a contribute, if you pay for a contributor to work on a on a thing, everyone gets the benefit. Well, that, that was that, my that's, thing. that's why open source is beautiful. But I was saying, if you if you if you pay for your contributor, and you don't get any money back, like what's your advantage to keep paying? Well, you're not getting money back, but you're solving your problems. You're you're reducing your risk. You're you know, fixing the the holes in SSL or, or whatever the thing is. I don't. I don't think it's a, it's a straight model of of tragedy of the commons. I, I think it's a direct model. I think this is a good time to um, thank Paul for hanging out with me and talking about software. Arguing Paul, about about what software is or should be. Paul, Paul, do you have any uh, final thoughts? Just that we're really bad at ending all of these podcasts. Thanks for listening to this episode of To Be Continuous, brought to you by Heavybit and hosted by me, Paul Baker of CircleCI, and Edith Harbaugh of LaunchDarkly. To learn more about Heavybit, visit heavybit.com. While you're there, check out their library, home to great educational talks from other developer company founders and industry leaders. Thank you.